He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. It took me a long time to get to this place where I'm like, oh, I love this industry. I 100%. love what we're doing. I'm okay doing this for the next 30 years. But is this the only thing I'm going to be doing? Hell no. Right? No. Like I'm going to financially get to a point where my goal is to financially get to a point where I become an investor, investing in different ideas, investing in different people and investing in different uh, companies. Right. Yeah. While I'm building my own. Right. But it's, it's okay to change paths, but especially like it all start for me, it all started on the, like the personal journey. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, let's begin. Running a short-term rental business is challenging and time-consuming. Whether it's 10 units or 1,000 units, trying to keep up with the latest trends, technology, hardware, revenue management, guest support, and R&D, it's become almost impossible and increasingly more expensive for the everyday host. On top of that, all of this tedious work does not allow you to focus on what matters most, and that is your guest. Luckily, this will no longer be a problem. Introducing Journey's MOS, the newest and most advanced tech solution in hospitality. Journey's MOS provides you with a one-stop solution that will automate your entire operation and take care of all of your back office work, allowing you to fully focus on growing your business the way you want to. To learn more about MOS, visit Journey online at journey.com. That's journey, J-U-R-N-Y.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. We are in it to win it with this uh, this brand new audio sound. Uh, I can see Eric's face behind the scenes when I was playing the intro, and man, was that a good face. I loved it. Uh, dude, well, first of all, I didn't know you could see me behind the intro, but uh, that was awesome, man. That was awesome. awesome. I love that. Congrats. That's good. I'm well, Eric, dude, yeah, Eric Moeller, the, the man, the myth, and the legend, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> I just think it's super fun. <laughs> I love it. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Well, it's, um, it's a rare opportunity, you know, that, uh, I have other people from the podcast that have been on the show before to come back on, but you know, you and I've had a lot of good conversations off the record. We've had, uh, you know, I got to be a part of you guys, legends X, uh, uh, 90 day course, which was awesome for us and our, and our brand and our company. But, um, you know, we've been connected, I would say probably even 
yeah, well before COVID. And so to see all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes, it's always nice to do refreshers with some of our uh, platinum podcast guests, as I like to call them. So, uh, and we got to meet at Verma in person, which was really unique and incredible because um, not a lot of people can say, you know, they got to meet the people they've been talking to virtually for years uh, in person. So I just wanted to welcome you back to the show and dive in, but let's give a recap um, for all the listeners who you are, what you guys are doing, what you've done in the space. Um, Not that you probably need, you don't need any introduction, but uh, would love just to give a high overview of who you guys are and what you do. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, dude, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, we, we had some fun in uh, San Antonio. Uh, Yeah, we did. that, that was fun because that was, uh, I'm sure you experienced this, but you know, after being offline or I guess being online yeah. at in-person stuff for over a year, that felt like a big family reunion down in San Antonio at Vera May. It's just like, 100%. oh man, it was just like hugs all around and just, yeah, it was cool, dude. That, that yeah. was a lot of fun, but yeah, it was awesome to, uh, to meet you in person for the first time and a lot of our partners, a lot of our students. Uh, yeah, it was great, man. Um, yeah, so my, you know, I'm not sure how deep you want to go into this, so feel free to stop me anytime and we'll, we'll go into it. But uh, sure. yeah, my background, again, is, uh, you know, when I was 17, got into real estate, real estate investing, um, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, this was at the height of, you know, mortgage, uh, banks giving mortgages out to everybody, uh, including an 18, 19-year-old kid. Um, so got into renovation, started flipping houses. Second property I ever bought was a vacation rental property in Jersey, in the Jersey shore. Uh, so that was my introduction to vacation rentals. Uh, and this was way before Airbnb. So we were renting out, you know, week by week, renting out properties, um, on Verbo or VRBO back then and Craigslist. Um, Kind of fast forward over the course of 10 years, I built a real estate development firm in New Jersey where we were investing in apartment buildings, vacation rentals, house flipping, all that stuff. Got completely burnt out with the process, man. Like I had some really terrible business partners. I had no systems in my business. Uh, We were making money, um, but zero lifestyle. I was overweight. I was just like, it was crazy. It was just not an optimal, um, you know, lifestyle or business. So got out of that started traveling, bought a truck, started traveling to the West coast. And that's how I discovered Airbnb. Um, you know, I was, I've done a lot of traveling. So before Airbnb, I was staying on, you know, I was doing couch surfing. Do you remember that? I don't even know if they're still around. Uh, I talked to David Jacoby from Hostfleet. They are apparently still around. Um, they've had a couple, obviously, you know, some business challenges the last, <laughs> yeah. uh, a couple years, but they're, they're still there. Wow. Yeah, man. So this is like when Airbnb was like full, like first starting to like get off the ground, we were doing couch surfing. That's literally what it sounds like. People would just open up a home and you're just sleep on their couch for free. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, started traveling, started staying at Airbnbs. And then I recognized like the whole arbitrage model of like, I can rent out properties and then re-rent them back out on Airbnb. Uh, and then over the course of three years, we turned that into a business where I, I eventually landed in San Diego where I live now. And we, we developed, uh, at first we developed the master lease slash rental arbitrage business. We're renting out a bunch of properties all over the place, staging them, re-renting them out, making some crazy money on it. Yeah. Fell in love with the whole business. Fell in love that I can run a, a real estate business with technology pretty much anywhere in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is about six years ago, five, six years ago. 
then I turned that into a management company because I recognized uh, that arbitrage is good. The mass release model is good when times are good. But if we ran into any issues, which we all experienced in, you know, last year with COVID, uh, that, you know, all you have is debt and liabilities. So I saw the writing on the wall, moved that into a luxury management company. Uh, and uh, at the time, we scaled to just under 100 units uh, between rental arbitrage and management. Uh, and then through that process, I recognized that the industry needed some education, some events, all of that stuff. So we started sharing our experience over the course of five years. And that spawned a whole nother business, uh, which has been my main focus for the last uh, two years, um, which is called Overnight Success. So, and as you're aware, we have a yeah. handful of different brands under Overnight Success from Get Paid for Your Pad to the Legends X 90 Day uh, Business Accelerator. And then we have uh, STR Legends, which is a year long high end in person mastermind for. Uh, um, big end operators and developers. So, yeah, yeah, man. So that's the 30,000 foot view. I've been in the space for quite some time. I freaking love it. Uh, I love the educational side. I love the operational side. Uh, And now we just, uh, in the last few months, we just launched our uh, second business, uh, which is called Free Wild, which is a uh, experience-based short-term rental community business. So we just purchased our first property, um, and we're developing out 15 cabins on there and we're looking to buy a couple more, uh, in the next few months. So heck yeah. Where do you want to go, buddy? There's a lot, there's, there's a, lot. a lot, there's a lot to unpack. Um, do I do, I want to kind of jump in, uh, we'll probably go throughout the episode, but I kind of took on some notes while you're uh, going through it. And I want to talk about a couple things, but I would say, let's be- go back and forth between mixing arbitrage and rev share. Um, yeah. I remember going through the accelerator and you, you, you guys right at the gate. said you need to pick a model, whether it's revenue, uh, rev share management. Um, there's a couple other names for it, co-hosting, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Um, and then there's arbitrage and you need to pick one and stick to it. So what were the challenges for you guys having both, um, inside of, you know, short-term rentals, you know, managing the leases and all the furniture and all the other stuff that you have to do, but then management of, owners and other things that go into it? Yeah, man. Uh, great question. I mean, I see, obviously I experienced this myself firsthand where we, we started recognizing that we got to a point in the master lease arbitrage, co you know, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Let's call it master leasing or arbitrage. Yeah. Let's call it arbitrage. Everybody knows that name. Um, I recognize that we got to a point in the arbitrage model where for us to continue to scale, Um, we had to invest quite a bit of money into leases and furniture and really like, and this was again, pre COVID. So we were going up against the biggest arbitrage companies in the, in the world that were signing three, four, five year leases, putting down huge deposits, taking up entire buildings. And we, we wanted to play at that level. But what I, what I was recognizing, it was like for me to, to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish with this business, I had to play at a level that I wasn't excited about. Um, and then as we were trying to figure out the whole rental arbitrage model at scale, uh, we were intri- we were approached by a high wealth individual here in San Diego who she owned a handful of like really beautiful uh, houses here in San Diego. And uh, she's like, no, nah, I don't care about the rental arbitrage. I don't care about monthly income. I just want to create experiences for people. Right. I was like, well, this is awesome. So we created the whole management rev share model with her. 
Um, and that is what kind of introduced us to that whole model. Now, to answer your question, what I recognize is as we were growing both of them, I recognize that both are two different businesses, right? It's like, yeah, we're doing short-term rentals, which is obviously the, fun, the, the main vehicle, but the business model is completely different. I yeah. recognize that I can go and scale revenue management uh, or, or you know, rev share, the management model. Uh, at an insane pace. And maybe on some of these properties, I'm not making as much as I could with rental arbitrage, but I'm like, man, I have no risk in these yeah, properties, 100%. zero risk in these properties other than my social equity with, with the owners and the community. Um, rental arbitrage. I'm like, man, all these massive companies are putting out a ton of money and I got to compete. I got to raise money. I got to manage all the, all the numbers. Like this is too crazy for me. So I recognize that those two models were competing with each other and it was a challenge to scale those. And then as we started doing the coaching, um, we recognized like, this is a big challenge for a lot of hosts. People watch, uh, you know, YouTube videos, listen to all these different podcasts, all this stuff, and they want to do yeah. everything. And if you're doing everything, you're not serving anyone. Right. So it's uh, that, that's why in Legends X, the first thing that we talk about it, as you mentioned, is like, hey, let's get clear on a model. Let's build that model, build the systems, build a vision, scale that. And then when we get to a point where that business is running and you want to go and scale uh, arbitrage or look for those opportunities, then we can step into that. But trying to grow both of them at the same time is extremely difficult. Not impossible, just very difficult. Very difficult. There's a lot managing like like for us, it's way easier to manage an owner by giving them a list of your expectations for furniture and linen and Terry and amenities and all the other stuff. And you take care of the rest versus managing purchasing, which I just did for an owner, which granted yeah. their family. So I'm not going to, you know, complain too much, but you know, having to, you know, do a checklist of all the furniture that needs to go into and setting it all up and making sure the table, not the table, the cable box is connected and the Wi-Fi this and the water heater and the pool companies there to service the pool and do like, there's a lot to go into it. And there's a, I think like just from seeing kind of a grant, that's not an arbitrage model property for us. It's rev share, but like just seeing that's kind of what the arbitrage operators go into is it's, it's too much. There's too many opportunities for you to miss it. An important detail yeah. that could really impact your business. It could delay a lot of things. It could cost you a, way more money than rev share. Yeah, man. And, you know, honestly, this is something that I've been battling with, uh, with how I publicly, where my public stance is when it comes yeah. to rental arbitrage. But after COVID, and especially after the um, running the last six months of Legends X uh, cohorts and working with so many different companies, the rental arbitrage companies, they are, it's still a profitable model. And it's, it's still great. You can still see it, but man, yeah. like both you and I are friends with many people that were at the yeah. top of the world yeah. and the second COVID hit out of business, people that raise hundreds of millions of dollars or tens of millions of dollars for that model out of business yeah. because it's only liabilities. Right. Yeah. So this is why I preach. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not closed off to renting properties, but I'm not building a business model around arbitrage anymore. It's just, yeah. I don't like it. It's too risky. There's no assets. The only asset you have is the income. And it's like, if that, if we go into another global lock, lockdown again, yeah. like how are these urban rental arbitrage companies really going to survive through that again? So, um, so. Last year was crazy, man. Going from like lockdowns, then going to uh, many cities going through protests and then many cities going through riots. And then it's just like, 
one thing after another, man. And I just, I'm like, I'm done with that. So I'm, as you know, like I'm, I'm preaching. If you want to be in the business, you want to scale numbers and you don't have the money to invest in properties, the rev management side or the management side Mm -hmm. is the best way to scale it, build your equity, build your, your, skill set in this industry and then leverage just like what we did a few months ago, leverage that to invest into real estate and start growing your, your wealth that way. 100%. 100%. And there's a lot of companies and a lot of them that have been on the show before that do take on full buildings or a good chunk of buildings on a revenue share model with the the, um, the developer or whoever yeah. the owner of the building is. Like they sign longer corporate leases, but they do a higher increased revenue share model with them. They still furnish it. They still do all the other stuff. But again, at the end of the day, they're not paying a lease. They're, they're paying a split of profit. So if they don't get booked, they're not paying that um, landlord, quote unquote, anything, um, which is, which is a smart way to do it. And they are actually lasted through COVID while all those other arbitrage was, uh, ones were going out of business. So, yeah. And let me, let me, let me add that uh, to this as well. Uh, this is something that you know, that kind of changes what I just mentioned too about like that, that business model being a little, yeah. A little scary is, um, we are, I, I, I do believe in the whole rental arbitrage side when it comes to leasing a property that has the right to run it as a full-time short-term rental or hotel. Right. So if you're in a market, I have, I have friends here in San Diego that buy old boutique hotels. Yep. They renovate them to, you know, high level. And then what they do is they put together long-term leases on those properties with short-term rental operators. Right. That makes sense to me. Right. If you're going to do that, you you're secure in that property, but going into regular downtown markets uh, without those leases, not only are you competing with what we just talked about competition um, COVID, all this stuff that's going into the urban markets, like every single rental arbitrage company I know in LA has shut down their doors or moved to the management model because they went from COVID, they went to riots, they went to protest. Now they're going to mandates and their, their travel has completely dropped. Right. So that, you know, again, I don't want to destroy that mark, that, that, um, part of the industry, but it's like, if you're just getting started, be very, very careful. And if you want to scale that model, be extremely careful with with what you're choosing to bring on. For sure. And, and again, I don't, I don't know, maybe this is another like topic or something we can go into off screen or later at another date, but like how many of those companies actually become well-known hospitality brands? That's what I want to know is because I feel like Let's go, Let's into, go it. into it. All right. Because <laughs> this is what I want to go into then. Okay. If they're yeah. scaling at this much inventory and they're creating this type of business that brings this much cash flow, they get investment, they do whatever. How can we never hear of them? How come, like, granted, there's like Stay Alfred, Saunders, all these different companies, the Guild, whatever. Those are like big name brands. They became a brand versus these other people that I've met, like at VRMA or maybe even a couple other like online forums. Yeah. I've never heard of them. They have a, you know, just a simple LLC, no idea who they are. And they just like, I don't know. I, why, why is that? Yeah. I don't know. I think I just feel like it's that arbitrage. Like you never see them get to the big leagues of becoming a brand. They don't become a guest known facing entity. 
Yeah. And actually out of those big companies that you just mentioned, you know, what, what is it? One, one went out of business, the other yep. moved to the management model majority. And then the only one that, that is bullish on, um, on the rental arbitrage model is Sonder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they have the backing and they have the technology and they're, 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 they're a typical unicorn type of company, like unicorn focused type of company where it's like, let's just get revenue. Let's scale as big as possible. Let's, let's get people on our tech as fast as possible. Let's not yeah. focus on profitability right now. And it's like, it's sound their profit I, profitable. I have no idea. No idea. Um, do they have something that's solid? Yeah. I mean, like they're, they've cornered the market and they, they survived uh, through this process. Um, but you know, I don't know if they're focused long term. Like, I, they definitely have a long term focus here, um, but I don't know if they're, f- you know, focused on making a profit right now, uh, which is totally fine. I just don't yeah. want to play that game. Uh, I'm not that. You know, I don't like that that idea um, of building business. That's one way to build a business. But to answer your question, most people that start a business bootstrap the company, right? So yeah. you need to be profitable from from day one, and that's what we preached about, right? It's like in the first section of legends X is like going deep into getting clear on the business model and then getting clear on the properties that we're going after that are actually profitable for us. Yeah. Right. And if we're not making profit, we got to get rid of it. But to answer your question, I don't know if people are really focused. I think it's too damn easy to list a property on Airbnb and start making money and then expanding that model and getting a ton of units. Cause once you start making money, you're like, Oh, I just need more units. And that's yeah. fine. But building a brand and building something that is uh, long-term focused, like for us with FreeWild, from day one, I'm focused on how this impacts my grandkids. Yeah, 100%. That's what I'm focused on. So the brand that we're developing, we're taking our time rolling this out. Yeah, we have one property now, but the goal is to have these all around the world. Mm -hmm. And we're building the company to do that. Um, I don't think most people that get into the rental arbitrage model are focused on that. So you remember the, what, what we created the five stages of hosting? Yeah. hundred percent. Stage two is the side hustle host, right? To me, that's most rental arbitrage companies that watch a bunch of YouTube videos, figure out the process and they take action and then you start making cash. But those are the people that are not focused long-term on the brand side. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you necessarily have to be to be, you know, be successful in this space. Um, but as you and I both know, like, I think that's where the industry is leading is more towards yeah. the individual traditional host. So stage one, which is the traditional host uh, or the hospitality brands on Airbnb. Yeah. These in-betweens, I, I think, are going to get are going to be the biggest challenge moving forward. And I, re- I remember a, ta- a conversation you and I had at Verma, which was you know, I was kind of. And I, I understand where you came from on the perspective of, I was like, I'm tired of people saying, you know, I'm going to teach you how to make a million dollars on yeah. Airbnb on YouTube and all this other stuff. Because at the end of the day, I'm like thinking of representing the industry, right? We're not a short-term rental or Airbnb interest industry. We are a hospitality. We are a big chunk of the hospitality pie outside of food and beverage, hotels, airline travel, cruises, rental cars, whatever you want to list. Um, Tours and activity providers, whether you're in Destin, Florida, if you're in Magala, Spain, or if I even pronounce that right, uh, but like, uh, <laughs> like, there's there's so many pieces into it. But like, I, I don't know. I just have a hard time with the the companies or the side hustle hosts, as you call them. Uh, you know that, you know, just look at like 
all right, scale, 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 which is great. Like it's good for you. You're creating a lifestyle that you want uh, with the, the financial freedom, but how are you representing the industry as a whole? I don't know. I yeah. just, I, I take that into more consideration, especially like with our company and you're like, as you're talking about your company. Yeah. There's a, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. No, I get that, man. And uh, you know, what's funny. I didn't tell you this after that conversation that I think that was the last night in uh, San Antonio mm-hmm. uh, at the bar at the, on the river that yeah. you mentioned that that actually influenced me to actually change our marketing. Cause we, we had a, we had a team member um, who was, we hired a social media manager uh, and strategist and uh, I've never been on TikTok a day in my life. Yeah. Uh, but I see you everywhere though. I'm, at night, <laughs> I'm scrolling. I'm like, Oh, there's Where, Eric. <laughs> I've never been on TikTok. And uh, she can, she just started posting up a lot of videos on TikTok and overnight, we started getting like 400,000 views, 500,000 views, a million views. I'm like, holy crap, this is insane. Yeah. Um, but what what drives on TikTok and what drives now on uh, Instagram are the, and if you look at all the short-term rental air quote experts that are out there, it's all yeah. about, I'll, I'll show you how to make a million dollars on Airbnb with these three tips, right? Yep. And it's like, yep. boom, boom, boom. And I that's the content that I started going down creating. And I'm like, man, this just does not fit well with who I am. Like, I don't even like that type of content, yeah. but this is what's driving hundreds of thousands of views on these videos. Yeah. And then you, you said that to me. I'm like, man, he, Will's hundred percent. I was thinking about it on the flight. I'm like, man, Will's hundred percent right. Like we can't be, there's a way of like marketing. Cause we're, we're, you know, we have an educational company and we want the masses to come into the industry and we really support and this actually helped us change who we focus on and who we help. So thank you for this. Um, of course. We got super clear on like, instead of going wide and trying to influence the world to get into the short-term rental industry, leave that up to everybody else. We focus on and specialize helping existing hosts build professional hospitality brands. Yeah. Right. So it's like, if you have one unit or two units or 10, we're going to help you. And you want to grow that and you want to be in this forever. We're going to help you do that. Right. So that completely changed everything. We're off TikTok now. Like I (laughs) we're completely off social media. So thank you for that, man. And you're hundred percent right. You're hundred percent right with that. It's just like you. Yeah. I've thought about it. Cause you know, the, in the beginning it was always, you know, it it became a verb, became whatever, you know, people like my parents always mention it as a, Oh, our Airbnb is doing this. And it's like, ah, Like, okay, whatever. Like you have to get it to them. Like it's, it's just ingrained in everyone's head. I'm guilty of it. I think you and I on a recording one time, like we're both like, oh, our Airbnb property. And we're like, wait a second. Yeah. but So I understand what you're saying with that, but I also don't think we should diminish that because I feel what Airbnb has done. Airbnb gave us the ability to, to build the businesses that we are building right now. Right. And gave us the ability to connect. If that industry continued the way it was going without Airbnb, I would still probably be in real estate development, doing apartment buildings, stuff like that, which is cool. That's great. But it's not exciting. It's not fun. Doesn't bring me around the world. Right. Mm -hmm. Doesn't connect with uh, the world the way I want to connect with the world. Um, So I'm totally fine calling it Airbnb. It's like Google. Right. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, yeah, we're, we're there's this search engines are all over the place. Right. But we default to Google. I'm okay. Personally, I'm okay with that. Uh, but I understand what you're saying it as a professional. Yeah. We're in the short term rental industry, right? Not the Airbnb industry. Correct. Yeah. And 
uh, just as like a quick testimony to that, like when we were going through the course, um, uh, the Legends X course, we onboarded like shortly after the 90 days was done. We onboarded onboarded this new owner um, and she was actually self-managing prior, but she was only on Airbnb because she did not like the way her tech was set up to connect with like Verbo or anything else. So we came in, we took over the listing from Airbnb, but then we also imported to Verbo via Hostfully with a direct connection. And her calendar, that when she looks on her owner's like portal, she sees nothing but blue because yeah. we're because we're crushing it on Verbo. And so That's like, awesome. and the the revenue amount like just is deeply insane on just the type of, especially on the property and all this other stuff, there's a lot of variables, right? That some properties perform really, really well on Airbnb compared to Verbo, mm-hmm. vice versa. Um, but I think it's coming together and understanding like things like, you know, hopefully why this works together. Why do you, why does it matter to have a master calendar where you can be on omnipresent with multiple channels, whether it's booking or Expedia or Airbnb, Verbo, all that stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of education stuff going into it sure yeah i mean and we talk about this right like during those 90 days it's like choose your one it, you know as you can tell like i'm a big believer this took me a long time to figure this out yeah uh, i had many mentors all the masterminds i joined everyone always said choose one thing develop that one thing then move on to something else i'm like no but i'm an entrepreneur i think of this yeah. i'm a visionary i could do this i could do this, <laughs> I could do this. and i recognize like and this is what we preach over and over to our students is like Let's get super clear on one business model. Let's get super clear on our home market, one market. Let's get super clear and dominate on one channel. If that's Airbnb, that's awesome. If it's Verbo, that's awesome. But let's choose one. And once we have that locked in and then we have the ability to take a step back from our learnings on all of that, then we can start implementing on these other channels. Um, You know, and, and, you know, what you've done, like you have the experience of Airbnb and that was up and running already for her. So for you to plug into Verbo and get that rolling with the, you know, Hostfully is awesome. We use Hostfully as well, obviously they're a partner of ours. Um, So they make it super simple, but yeah, I mean, this is like going back to, you know, the people that are just getting started in this space. It's like, let's choose one. Let's, let's grow that. Let's build our systems, get our people, all that stuff. And then we can start scaling um, either markets, properties, or different OTAs from there. For sure. And I, I love that you kind of brought up entrepreneurship and teaching them to pick one because that develops a certain mindset, right? So I want to go into uh, your story a little bit as an entrepreneur. Um, you mentioned, you know, how you were, you know, not living the lifestyle that you wanted with that previous company, you were overweight, you were unhappy, but you know, the business wasn't great. Let's talk about lifestyle and just overall, just like mindset of creation. Cause I know this is something that you're like really good at. Like, I know you're, you're dedicated to reading, you're dedicated to learning from like other podcasts or from whatever. And, and then of course, exercise and then mentors, uh, mentorship, whether you're, you're doing it or you're receiving it. Um, so let's go into it a little bit just because I, this is something I've been taking very, very seriously. Awesome. I would say the last, like the last year where there's like been a, a kick and now about to be another one uh, coming up here in, in, in the next couple of weeks. But I'm just kind of curious, where do you start with that? What's the first thing like people, you know, what's something that you think about from your, your, you know, first journey into entrepreneurship, uh, the learnings, the failures, the, understanding of who you are, the self-discovery, all that stuff.
I've said this on Slick Talk many times before, and as time goes on, it becomes more and more true. Operators have been so used to multiple logins, different dashboards, and overall segregated data points for their hospitality brand. I'm proud to say this is no longer going to be the case for the industry. As a podcast partner, Journey MOS is made for operators by operators. One dashboard, one solution to keep your business in shape and ahead of the competition. If you think this is too good to be true, then you need to go to journey.com, that is J-U-R-N-Y.com, to learn how Journey MOS can get you ahead of the big players in your market. And now, back to the episode. Yeah, man. Um, It's funny, as you were listing all that stuff off, um, I I don't go back and think of my journey a lot, which, you know, I... I think it's important to reflect on, on this, but I'm so forward future thinking, which is a blessing and a curse. Right. Um, But as you're going through that, what I, what I recognize, I'm like, Holy crap. Like this is all my, all my biggest air quote failures in life is what I'm so focused on and so driven about right now. Right. So I got into entrepreneurship. I didn't go to college. I, I, I went right from high school uh, in high school, I started like skipping school to like cut grass and like, you know, work on people's houses just to make money, all this stuff. I come from a blue collar family. I came from like very, you know, I grew up in a rough area. It's like there wasn't a lot of inspiration there. Right. And yeah. the reason why I got into entrepreneurship and wanted to build my own business was I grew up in a family that worked with their hands you know, everybody, you know, mm-hmm. from carpenters, truck drivers, plumbers, mom was a secretary, you know, my aunt is a secretary at a dentist and like all blue collar family, <clears throat> but money was always an issue. Money yeah. was always an, an issue. It's like, Hey, if you want something, go out there and earn it and then you can buy it. Right. Yep. Uh, and I have this famous story that I tell all the time. Uh, when I was a kid, it sucked. Um, but looking back at it, awesome lesson. Uh, every single time I asked my dad for money, he would give me a shovel and make me dig a hole in the back. And his lesson behind it was, so we're digging the hole and at the end of it, he'd give me 20 bucks. Right. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell are we digging this hole for? He's like, <laughs> you don't get handouts. You got to yeah. earn, you got to earn it. Even if you're digging holes. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to, in his way of communicating, it's like, you don't ask for handouts. You earn everything that you get. So this is a long response to your question here. Um, when this I is what the kept, podcast is all about. We like we like the deep awesome, conversations. So let's go. Let's go. Awesome, bro. I love it. Um, yeah. So long story short, I almost flunked out of high school because I was skipping. Uh, after I was done playing football, I almost uh, flunked out because I was skipping school to cut grass, shovel snow, work on houses, all this stuff to make money and uh, for the things I wanted that I wanted in life. I went to a uh, trade school. So my mom put me into a trade school that taught you a trade half the day and then taught you regular academics. And you went for four hours a day, four days a week. It was crazy. Super simple. Started at like noon. So I got to sleep in as like, (laughs) it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, But when I was at that school, um, my teacher recognized that I was asking different questions about making money and like thinking bigger about the whole thing versus just getting a job. And it gave me rich dad, poor dad. Mm -hmm. And I read rich dad, poor dad first book I've ever read that wasn't assigned to me from school. Um, And right there when I was like 16 or 17, 
I decided I'm like, this is it. I'm buying real estate. I'm having real estate all around the world. This is how, you know, we're going to break this whole pattern, financial pattern in my family. Yeah. Um, so that was the journey, dude. It was like, oh, that was the motivation was like, don't be poor, be rich, right? And do it through real estate. If you want a Ferrari, buy an apartment building that pays you <laughs> 4000 a month that you could lease or buy the Ferrari. Don't go yeah. and buy the Ferrari, right? Yeah. So that whole mindset. And that just opened up a whole world to me that I did not have any access to in the community I was at, right? And the people I was surrounded by. So this is where... You know, I live in San Diego now. I live in Encinitas, California. I'm literally, you know, a three-minute walk to the beach. The beach is yeah. right here. Now we have property in the mountains, and it's a two-hour drive. And, like, our lifestyle is just, like, unbelievable compared to where I came from. And it took me a long time to recognize, like, it. you have to be patient through the entrepreneur process. You have to be patient through, like, all the major things that actually matter in your life that you want to get. You have to put incredible amount of focus and vision towards it, incredible amount of work and an incredible amount of patience and it will come. Right. Yeah. So where I'm going with this, like that you mentioned, like, you know, the entrepreneurship, the failures, the overweight thing, you know, when I decided to get out of the business partnership I was in, in New Jersey, we had a ton of properties and that was my dream is to own real estate all over the place. We were flipping houses, developing apartment buildings, all this stuff. But I recognized one, I was surrounded by the wrong people, right? That was 100%. huge. That took me a long time. I was yeah. surrounded by the wrong business partners who were focused on the wrong things. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, two is the people I was hanging out with outside of business. Um, this whole nother part, I haven't told you. I was in the music industry for a little bit and that was- uh, I think I remember a little bit of this uh, yeah. from, from the from the course you told me about music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was, in, I was in the industry for the music industry for a bit. So I was surrounded by artists um, that, you know, we were partying, we were drinking, we were eating yeah. whatever we wanted, not sleeping, not exercising, just like living the air quote life, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I gained- um, I was almost 300 pounds. I was a hundred pounds heavier than where I'm at right now. And, uh, which is crazy. Um, and that, and I just recognized at that point, I'm like, man, what am I doing this for? I'm working my ass off. Yeah. I got money, but I'm not happy. Um, I'm surrounded by shitty people. Um, and I always had this desire to, I'm like, I just knew I could play at a different level. So, um, I pulled the bandaid off, man. I sold my interest in the real estate company back to my partners uh, to, you know, a, a small little payout that bought me about six months of breathing, breathing time. Yeah. I left hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table in real estate equity. Um, cause I knew I wanted more and I literally packed a, packed a car and drove to San Diego, uh, and started this life that I started building, man. Um, yeah. but yeah, surrounded myself with the best people that challenge me at a high level because they're challenging themselves at a high level. Um, and I, I went after it, bro. I went, you know, from the health game to the mental game, the emotional game, the spiritual game. Uh, yeah. So we do, we can go deep on all of this. Yeah. So I'll shut up. Well, with Mike. Oh no, it's good. It's just because it, it reminds me a lot of the time, like growing up too, my parents would always be like, man, you, you, you bounce back and forth between all these things. They would always be like, one day you want to be a firefighter. One day you want to be a counselor. One day you want to be a, a pastor. One day you want to be this. One day you want to do that. Uh, when are you going to settle down and figure out what you're going to do? And I was like, I used to grow up and even like into my early twenties, like 22, 23, 
to be like thinking that changing my mind was a bad idea. Like, be like, mm-hmm. oh, if I if I say I'm going to do something, I, I have to I have to do it. I have mm-hmm. to go to Bible school. I have to go do this. I have to go. You know, mm-hmm. but what you're just talking about was, you know, the it's never too late to change your mind if you're realizing that you're not in the right spot. You're not happy, or you're not the right people, or you're not doing what you you feel like is. You know, you said you you play at a higher level. So why would you just sit there at that level and not change your mind to go that next yeah. step, right? Um, and that's one thing I've just like I've really took in in like this year. It's like it's okay to say you're gonna do something and I of course fulfill it, but if you're not gonna do it and you change your mind because you discover some important details that really weigh in a heavy factor, like all that stuff, it's okay to do that. Like hundred percent. Yeah. So man, there's a difference. There's a difference of changing course of action and quitting. It's not okay to quit through something because it's difficult. It's hard. You're scared. You're, you're uninterested. So I'm just going to quit and walk away from it. Yeah. That is not okay. Right. But what is okay. Like, especially when we're like younger males, like young 18 year old boys, you know, young men, like yeah. what the, we don't know. I was a big dummy at that time. I had no idea what this, what this world was about. I have 100%. still have no idea what this world's about, but uh, you know, we're figuring it out. We're figuring it out as we go. But at that time, man, I was doing everything. I was in the carpentry union for a bit. I was like, I was in the music industry. I was flipping houses. I was doing all this stuff. Uh, it took me a long time to get to this place where I'm like, Oh, I love this industry. I 100%. love what we're doing. I'm okay doing this for the next 30 years, but is this the only thing I'm going to be doing? Hell no. Right. No. Like I'm going to financially get to a point where my goal is to financially get to a point where I become an investor, investing in different ideas, investing in different people and investing in different uh, companies. Right. Yeah. While I'm building my own. Right. But it's, it's okay to change paths. But especially like it all start for me, it all started on the like the personal journey and I'm still going through it, you know, and it's like I love the idea of, you know, David Goggins, you familiar with David Goggins? Of course. Heck yeah. Yeah. So he talks about the 40 percent rule where most human beings quit at 40 percent of their potential. Right. And I mean, we can go deep on this. Most of that's coming from a place of fear. It's coming from a place of comfortability. Most people that stay in their job um, doing the same thing over and over that they absolutely hate is because of comfort and fear, right? And it's fine. You might be in a position where it's like, hey, I don't have, I can't risk anything because I have a family. I'm doing this. So I'm going to stay here. That, That is what it is. I had the ability to, to look at this and say like, Hey, I'm only playing at 40% of my potential here. So I, I want to, I want to see what that additional level looks like. And that's on everything, man. And as soon as I made that decision, um, everything changed for me. The people I yeah. surrounded by the conversations I have, you know, it's like, I, I love it, man. I want to encourage everyone to do that. And I, I think you kind of picked this up. Maybe you experienced this in Legends X. That's the whole idea behind what we're teaching here. It's like, we don't want to be the educators in the space where we're just teaching how to make money. Money yeah. is one little sliver of this life pie that we have, right? Like we got to dial everything in. The The way that we develop the culture of our company, uh, same thing. Like we we talk about everything from personal health to personal mental health you know, physical and mental health, our emotions, what we're, what we're reading. We invest in our, our team members, right? Our team members have funds to invest in 
leveling up their education on their skill set, sharpening their tools, right? We invest in yeah. that because I believe in that, 100%. right? It's like I do the same thing. I, I'm in a $100,000 mastermind right now, uh, <laughs> yeah. personally. And uh, I have a one-on-one consultant that I meet with twice a week who comes into the company. I believe in this stuff because it freaking works. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, I, I mean, dude, this might be a multiple podcast series <laughs> into the life side stuff, but uh, yeah, lifestyle is everything. And it's like, uh, yeah, it, it impacts, it impacts your business. What I recognize is like, as soon as I changed my mindset on uh, my physical health, my mental health, emotional health. I started putting energy towards that, putting energy towards surrounding myself with the right people. That's a big part of why I started Overnight Success. Um, and specifically Legends Mastermind is to surround myself with people doing what I want to achieve. Yeah. Um, it, it, the returns are incredible. You know, happiness level, the people, you know, social equity, financially, all of that. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you, met, you mentioned two, like, two key things for me, which were self-awareness, which mm-hmm. I think was really important because you talk about the emotional level. And I think I struggled with that for the longest time before even getting an entrepreneurship when I was a hotel manager, like just being self-aware of my emotions, um, the, you know, my gut feeling when I met somebody, and I didn't have a good feeling about it. And I would continue to con- you know be a partner with them or affiliate myself in that area. There's a lot of self-awareness stuff, but then like the second part was the financials and dude, I've been, I think fully self-employed running slick talk media, everything since December 27, 2019. I haven't looked back, haven't applied for another job. I know. Amazing. But the one, the one thing though, that a lot of people don't realize I never talk about finances. Mm. I never talk about how to make a, a, a six figure podcast or how to do this and how mm. to, because at the end of the day, that's like you said, it's just a sliver of yeah. what it's given me uh, being an entrepreneur or being creating a business it is giving me so much happiness and joy and, 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 and sense of belonging and home and, you know, discovery of, you know, the, the young will that was always looking and confused <laughs> on why he can never fit in with a certain group, but he fit in with all the groups at the same time, but never felt comfortable alone. Like, you know, Crazy. all that stuff. Financials are just a slivers. Like, don't worry about the money. Like that's what I tell so many people. They're like, Oh, how do you, how do you do this? And it's like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about that part. Create a really good business that makes you happy. And that, yeah. that the, the financial stuff will, will come. Obviously, like you said, there's investment on your part. It does take money. It does all these other things. But at the end of the day, I think that core statement of financials are just a sliver. They are literally yeah. just a sliver of it. Yeah, I think if you're just financially motivated to like that could be a really good starter to get you going, right? Like for me, the, the idea you're either pulled to something or you're pushed away from something. Right. So for me, I was pulled to, I'm sorry. I was pushed away from poverty. I was pushed away from the lifestyle that I was like destined to be in. If if I wasn't introduced, if I didn't have this teacher, Frank, who I'm still good friends with uh, to this day, um, if Frank didn't give me that book, I would be a carpenter right now. Cause that was the path I was going on. Um, which I still love carpentry, but it was like, it was a carpenter. You know what? Yeah. I was on the path of being my, what, what my typical, I, I was on a certain path, right? Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Um, but it was, you know, if I, if I wasn't introduced to that, if I didn't have that influence there, 
uh, oh, I'm sorry. If I, if I wasn't, if I wasn't influenced for that, I would have stayed in one spot, but I was pushed to get away from that. Right. And now my vision, so I was pushed away from poverty and kind of like that, the typical lifestyle I would have been stuck in. And now I'm being pulled to creating generational wealth for my family, creating a company that my grandkids can put their hands on. Right. 100%. And that's why I'm drawn to what we're doing now with FreeWild of buying real estate and developing these tiny home communities, leveraging my experience of short-term rentals and running these things forever, right? Like they're not going to go away because we're choosing the markets correctly. We're designing them correctly. Um, And that to me is more exciting. So like where I'm going with this is like, I think if you're financially um, driven, like if, if that's the number one thing, just keep in mind, like that's a really good way to get started because yeah. it's pushing you away from something. something big, and this is part of what we walk through, right? And yeah. in, in the vision portion of Legends X is like, how do we create what we call the North Star that's drawing you, pulling you towards that to where that is so much bigger. And I, I tell you, I, I'll leave, we're doing a time check here. I got nothing. Oh, yeah, you're good. Uh, um. I talk about this all the time, right? Uh, Elon Musk from, um, uh, well, all of his companies, Elon Musk. <laughs> is Tesla, the boring company, SpaceX. Yeah. No. Crazy. Yeah. Um, his number one goal is colonizing Mars, yeah. which is crazy to even say, right? <laughs> he made a statement that all the wealth that he's trying to develop here on Earth is just so he can get to Mars. So he's not interested in becoming the wealthiest person on earth. That doesn't drive him, right? Even though like his wealth is insane. His number one goal is to colonize Mars and die on Mars. He he (laughs) wants to move and die on Mars, right? Which is crazy. So all the companies that he owns and that he's buying and all this stuff that he's doing here on earth is so then he can colonize Mars. So it's, Mm -hmm. that is drawing and it's pulling him so much to that vision that, we have an Elon Musk, right? He works, yeah. you know, 20 hours a day, seven days a week, zero time off. You look at his lifestyle, all his relationships are a mess, right? Like all that stuff because his North star is the most important thing to him. Everything else that we're talking about, like self-discovery, self-mastery, all this, other, all these other things um, are not as important to that one North star. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I believe I believe over time that North Star will happen. You know, there's a lot of days where I I've told my best friends I'm like I'm not interested in marriage. I'm not interested in seeing anybody. I am literally just wanting to build the best recreational vacation rental brand out there. I'm or I'm just obsessed with the podcast. Like I just that's my North Star. Nothing else matters, right? Yeah. Uh, but then we get leveled out, and you <laughs> see a cute, then you see a cute baby on TikTok or whatever. You're like, ah, oh, damn, a family would be, would be cool. Uh, that was too good. But, but just uh, to touch on that real quick, man, like there's no reason why you can't have both, right? For sure. For Colonize sure. Mars, whole different story. <laughs> but yeah. building the best business for recreational um, rentals, rentals, thank you, yeah. uh, is 100% possible to do that while you're also mastering your health, while you're also mastering your spirituality, your family, yeah. that whole thing. We're not trying to colonize Mars. We're, we're building short the <laughs> rental businesses. You know what I'm saying? Like it's been done. We just have to make it unique to us and for unique to our guests. Yeah. That's, that's the quote of the episode right there. You don't need to colonize Mars. You just, <laughs> I love it. Uh, 
Dude, I, I love I love the, the conversations that we get to have on and off screen like this. Um, but I know you got some time crunches and I want to respect that. For you, what are the top two things uh, coming up? Either Legends X, um, STR Mastermind, whatever. Um, yeah. let, tell us what's up and then give us some scoops on Freewild. What can we expect for this awesome brand that you guys are building behind the scenes? Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Uh, yeah, we got a lot going on. Uh, overnight success. Uh, for anybody who wants to check that out, it's overnightsuccess.io. Um, Why'd you guys pick watch- an IO? I'm kind of curious on IO. Uh, I was trying to buy .com, which we will still buy. Um, but I use IO. I started using IO when I first got into the space simply because I thought it meant in and out, in mm. and out. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. We're bringing guests in and out of our properties. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> now it's just a thing for us. Um, gotcha. But uh, yeah, it's like a tech it's a tech thing. I, uh, yeah. I was kind of, uh, I was just like, man, are they developing something behind the scenes? No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. we'll buy some tech in the future. Like that, that's yeah. a big goal of overnight success is to bring multiple different solutions for existing hosts to scale their businesses. So sure. education, community, and technology. Um, but yeah, overnight success. We got a lot coming up, man. We uh, we're opening up uh, the legends X accelerator uh, again. So anybody who wants to check that out, that's strlegends.com slash X. Uh, so you went through that. Um, yeah. you know, if anybody has questions, I guess they can connect. Yeah, they reach that. out to me. I'd love to give a testimony on why, why we're doing what we're doing because it's worked. So that's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, yeah, we have a class coming up in February. Um, and then, uh, we're also doing a, uh, one day event, which is pretty awesome. We got Julie speaking, we got Jasper speaking, we're bringing on a few other people. It's going to be a full on event. That's uh February 3rd. Awesome. Um, so that's from host the hospitality brand, uh, teaching our methodology of vision operation scale, which you're familiar with. Yeah. Uh, so we're pretty pumped about that, man. Like legends X, our goal there, um, is to impact uh, a thousand hosts from around the world, uh, to help them achieve financial independence by helping them build a short-term rental businesses of their dreams. Right. Yeah. So we have a process of doing it and, uh, we love it, man. Let, love what we're doing there. Uh, and then on top of that, which I'm super pumped about is we're bringing back uh legends mastermind in-person masterminds, uh, yeah. which is, yeah. dude, I can't wait, man. It's going to be a lot so, of fun. We're, uh, yeah. So that's coming back. We're doing, uh, two live events, uh, for the mastermind. We'll have 30 companies in there. Um, developers, hoteliers, short-term rental operators, um, and, uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun on those. So, and those are really for, those are companies that are doing 50 units or more. Uh, most of them are doing two to 400 units. Uh, so bigger, bigger operators, but we have a lot of fun on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if anybody wants to check this stuff out, go to strlegends.com slash X for the accelerator and then just strlegends.com for, um, the mastermind. Perfect. Well, um, dude, I love it. I, I, I'm obviously everyone knows that when they're listening to the podcast, all of these things are going to be the show notes and plus, you know, links to rich dot or rich dad, poor dad, all this stuff that we mentioned back and forth. I think it's really important that people are able to get a visual on on top of the audio conversation. Right. So, um, thank you for plugging those in because again, uh, if you guys haven't heard, I was a part of the legends X accelerator. Amazing. Do it. Um, especially if you're like, having trouble with tech or systems or just creating some structure within the internal business. I think it's really important to start out. That's what Adam and I, my business partner, like we're, when we walked away from it, we're like, at least we have a, like, 
not to quote the the North Star thing, but at least we have a, a place that we can now say this is where we're going to create our structure and system that we all know that we can hand to our assistant. We can hand uh, a portion to our homeowner saying this is what recreation rentals is. This is what we do. This is our system and process. Like this is why we're different and unique compared to Vicasa or whatever. Long story short, it's helped a lot, like a ton, a ton, like awesome, shit ton. So Appreciate it's been cool. That. Really I great. That. I love hearing that. And what's awesome too, man, is like this all came from a place of us like figuring out our business and investing yeah. into our own systems, our own people, masterminds, coaches, all this stuff outside the short term rental industry because no one has real systems or anything in place. So, yeah. uh, and now we're we're implementing that into Free Wild, uh, which is awesome at a high level, and we're documenting that and sharing like how we are starting this business from the ground up using these very simple systems. And uh, yeah, I think uh, in 2022 uh, we're going to start releasing that and things going to be awesome, man. I'm excited to share that with the world. Perfect. Well, we can't wait to debut it on the channels here at Slick Talk. So I'm pumped. Uh, Thank you, my man, for being on the show again, and we'll talk to you again very soon. All right, brother. Appreciate it. All right. Later. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoy the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week. As I've been growing my business and finding new ways to add to my property portfolio, I have to think about how I can anticipate the homeowner's needs, just like I do for my guests. One of the things owners always ask is, how is my property going to be protected? What happens if something gets damaged or worse? These are valid questions and concerns, and I have an opportunity to address these concerns before they even get mentioned, all thanks to having Safely as part of my toolkit. I can ensure all stakeholders are covered during a guest stay and use this information as a way to grow my business by ensuring my property owners know they can trust that I have them covered. If you're a professional property manager, then you need to get safely in your tool belt so you can focus on operating and growing your business. Thanks for listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, back to an episode. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing, and thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill-out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.